This is Inside the Apple Studio, the podcast that details the intersection of architecture and Apple and explores how architects and other design professionals use Apple products in the practice of architecture. With your host, architect Neil Pan. Welcome to Inside the Apple Studio. In this episode, I'm excited to welcome VectorWorks Director of Product Marketing, Ruby Siddiqui, to the show. Welcome, Ruby. Hi, Neil. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Now, you've recently appeared in the M1 Ultra, they called it on YouTube, Changing the Game video that was shown during the March 8th, 2022 Apple event, Peak Performance. Congratulations on being featured. Thank you. Well, I want to hear more about what was shown in the video and what the M1 Ultra means for Mac users in the AEC market. But first, tell me what drew you to study architecture. Oh, so many different things, Neil. (laughs) So um, growing up, my parents had always instilled a certain, I guess, level of appreciation for just generally art and architecture. It was something that now, as I've grown older, that I think about it, I think that my father really, he secretly wished that he had been encouraged to pursue some types of uh, career in the arts. But uh, alas, he ended up becoming a geophysical engineer. (laughs) But um, I ended up kind of following his footsteps. I got my undergraduate degree in geoscience, and I was working for the uh, United States Geological Survey. And... Uh, it was not very exciting. It was quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my previous employers aren't listening to this, but it, it was a, a thing that I really felt a lack of a creative outlet. And um, at this point in time, you know, I had already started a career path and everything. And then a really good friend of mine who I went to school with had um, started a master's program in New Jersey in architecture. And she had called me up and she was just like, Almost every day I think about you, Ruby, because this is really well suited for you. Um, it's this very good uh, tie or or marriage of kind of a technical problem solving type of career that is also very artistic and is very design oriented. And it would be something that you would be really interested in. And she was 100 percent correct. So um, I, I'm really glad that I made the change. Um, and it's, it, again, it's one of those things where I think being able to, in essence, use both sides of your brain, if that's really physically possible, but that, that's kind of how I view architecture. And that's really what drew me to it. Yeah, that's not an uncommon mm-hmm. part of the industry where it's the technical side, but yet the artistic creative side as well. And it's Mm -hmm. really interesting that you had an undergraduate degree, not in architecture and decided to change your career path by attending a master's program in architecture. Yeah. Now you went to and received your master's degree and then went on to work in an architectural office. How did you make that transition from an architectural firm to working for Vectorworks and now in the position of director of product marketing? So I worked at a few different places before I ended up at this last firm I was at in DC. And one of the things that I really noticed, maybe I should back up just a little bit. So at the University of Tennessee, um, I took a elective course in CAD drawing. 
And we were taught uh, microstation and uh, form Z, if you remember that three. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I learned these two programs and then they sent us out into the workforce and almost everybody was just like, you know, AutoCAD. So, <laughs> so I, I hopped around as an intern to a few small firms and it was a very interesting experience for me to see kind of the extent of how technology was being used in these offices. And it was really, people were just scratching the surface of these different tools that they were utilizing for so many different things, not just for drawing and designing and documenting, but for project management and everything else that you actually need to do to run a business. And um, in the last firm I was at, we actually were using MicroStation, surprisingly. Nice. we were starting to do this transition over into BIM modeling. Mm-hmm. And during this transition, it was it was a really interesting experience because there were a couple of architects on staff who, in my opinion, were very, very talented, very creative. And once we put them into this 3D modeling environment um, and changed a little bit of their process, uh, taking... I guess what they felt was taking away some of their tools that was mostly kind of hand drawing and sketching and um, kind of using the 2D environment, CAD environment as, I th- I don't know if this is the right way to describe it, but as a uh, environment to kind of explore just certain parts of a, of an idea or of a project rather than looking at it as a whole. Sure. Um, with it with an application, I should say. But anyway, they felt constrained. Um, they felt restricted. And you could actually see it in the quality of some of the things that they were creating, that uh, some of the folks in the office who were producing really high quality, nice things were kind of mediocre at that point. And I found that really interesting because I felt that um, if anything, software should just be another tool in your tool belt that you're using to to be creative and to design and to explore ideas and to find solutions. Um, So in doing that, I just started to explore other types of software that were out there. And um, funny enough, I got a call from a... uh, who was at the time the marketing director at Vectorworks Mm -hmm. and um, asked me if I was interested in joining their team. They were looking for someone with architectural background. And uh, I decided, sure, why not? I mean, this is kind of something that I feel like an opportunity to kind of affect this this attitude or this um, outlook of how software really impacts the practice of architecture. And how people are adopting it and how they're embracing it versus fighting it or feeling um, restricted by it. Uh, so, so that's the story of how I got to Vectorworks and really into software and technology in general. And from there, it was just a matter of where I am today, I guess. Sure. <laughs> With your background in architecture, what do you think you've brought to Vectorworks that, say, somebody who wasn't a, an architect brings to product marketing for Vectorworks? How does your background in architecture and working for a firm affect your job? It's actually one of the, the primary reasons why we have a product marketing team at Vectorworks is 
the, the whole team are people who come from industry background. So my team is made up of people from architecture, landscape architecture, and lighting design. And um, the purpose really is to bring people on board who have this, this knowledge, this background, this experience in industry so that they can, I like to call ourselves um, translators, <laughs> translators mm-hmm. of our customers to our development team. And that means that we are, in essence, helping them understand what, what are what is the goal of the architect? What are they trying to produce? Why are they trying to produce it? Because that's just as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean in terms of what the software needs to do? So it, it kind of goes all the way from a high level overview of what does an architect really do down to, well, if we're talking about something like a wall section, what's the type of information that needs to go into that wall section? What are some of the um requirements to make the creation of a wall section easy when you're using a tool like Vectorworks and so on and so forth. So it's that type of um, input and that type of background that that the team brings to Vectorworks. That's that's amazing because uh, when I was first starting architecture school myself, one of our introductory professors said that there were lots of different things you could do with your architectural degree and your proof of that, that you don't have to be the standard architect in an office working, generating buildings, and that there's a world of different opportunities out there for all the architecture graduates to go into. So congratulations on spinning into something a little bit different and bringing the architecture world, you know, your experience in helping us create better, better tools. So thank you. Yeah. Glad to take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's dive in a little bit into the Apple video. In there, you highlight the navigation in 3D environment and the responsiveness, I think it is, of how it creates an uninterrupted experience. I first want to ask you, in the video, what was the project that was being featured? So we can kind of get an understanding of uh, what you were looking at. Yeah, so that's a project from one of our customers, um, Harmonic Maison Associates. They're based in Paris, and the project name was the Villanova Icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a m- mixed-use project that's in. Oh, I can't remember the name of the suburb. I think I had had it written down, but it's called. Um, oh, it's called Gen- Genevieve. Okay, it's a, it's a suburb north of Paris, but. It's known to be an eco district. So that was a really big part of the project. Um, It's about 8,000 square meters. It's a very large project that includes an underground garage. Um, It's about 50 meters tall. So it's, you know, a multi story building uh, with retail all on the first floor. Um, You can really see some of the Sustainable um, sustainability aspects of the project are very visible with a lot of the greenery and the use of open terrace spaces and things like that. So it's uh, um, it's a fairly large project. Um, it's a it's both large, not just in um, the overall footprint, but also in the height of the project. Now that beyond just the building, they modeled the surrounding area. You could see from the from the video. Was that all in Vectorworks and all live? Like you could move it around, and mm-hmm. what sort of modeling technology was used to render what we saw in the in the video? Everything in there was generated in Vectorworks. Uh, the surrounding site context 
it so the project in real life in the site, um, the context is all very low to mid-rise buildings. Mm-hmm. So within the model itself, it's kind of just a generic site context that was put in to give uh, the feel of kind of the hype of the project itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything was built in Vectorworks, um, all the surrounding contacts, all of the streets and things like that. As far as the type of technology that was used, the surrounding area was all built as kind of generic models. So imagine just kind of like push-pull solids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the project itself, the Villa Nova icon itself, it utilized all of the kind of smart technology or the BIM tools within Vectorworks. So um, the walls were drawn with the wall tool and the slabs right. were put in, you know, the floor systems were put in with the slab tool and the doors and windows were all the parametric objects and so on and so forth. Um, so that meant that uh, the project itself was more than just the geometry of it. It was actually quite detailed uh, because the uh, documentation was generated from the model. Um, there was a lot of uh, data that was also in the model itself. You know, that's one of the aspects of BIM. So um, it was it was a, a very good it was a very good representative of how we feel that people could be utilizing Vectorworks to its full extent. And um, that made it a really good candidate for us to do the testing that we wanted to do on these different iterations of the M1 um, as they come out. Right. Well, that leads me right into what I was going to ask next, which is how does Apple Silicon in general and specifically the M1 Ultra help keep the designer in the creative flow, as you put it in the video, uh, for generating that model? What sort of improvements did you see if you did do any testing, say, on the M1 basic chip compared to what you've seen in, in the testing with the M1 Ultra? We do know that uh, there's a lot of huge performance gains, which is kind of what what we call the consumer level M1. And uh, a lot of those performance gains were, it was a little bit of everything. Because for us, when we, not only were we native on um, the Apple Silicon, but we had also adopted uh, Metal on the Mac too. So these two things together actually is something to consider in terms of the overall kind of performance gains that we were seeing with Vectorworks. And uh, that meant a lot of different things. We saw performance gains in simple things, just like opening the file to um, mouse movement and opening different uh, dialogues, uh, interaction on the UI, as well as, of course, the 3D model performance um, and so on and so forth. So Based off of that, um, we saw additional performance gains with just kind of the next version of the M1, the M1 Max specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we saw with the Ultra and the the testing that we were able to conduct ourselves, um, you know, we know that it it will solve a lot of a lot of performance issues if any people are running into at this point. Um, just because really all it's doing is giving you more oomph with 128 gigs. Right. Um, so it, in terms of what this means for the creative flow, uh, you know, it, it's not just this one place where you see performance gains. The performance gains are actually throughout. Um, and, and they're just, they, they're seemingly small things. But when you put them all together, you're you're seeing these gains with the whole experience. 
And um, all the way from, like I mentioned, opening the file to moving around in the model to switching your views, all the way to publishing a, a drawing set. It really is an overall holistic experience that that's being provided that I think is really what I mean by putting you in a creative flow, because it's one of those things where you're you're uh, you're in an in uh, uninterrupted process. And that is something that's really important because think about when you're just when you have ideas and you're you're designing or even if you're just sketching and drawing, if you're the tip of your pencil breaks, you know, it's it's an interruption. You're like, oh, wait, I was into something. And and that's kind of how I I view um, these performance gains is that uh, your pencil tip doesn't break. So it's not an interruption. It's not a disruption to your process and what you have in mind that you're trying to put down into your digital paper. Yeah. Now, the speed differences between, say, an M1 and then the M1 Ultra or Max, uh, what in a percentage, you know, could you roughly gauge, you know, are we seeing a 20, 50 percent increase in speed as people now are having to choose? Am I going to get, you know, a particular laptop with an M1 or an Apple or a Macintosh I say, keep saying Macintosh, a Mac studio with a a Max or an Ultra as they make those decisions, obviously the more money you spend, the better it is. But are you seeing the gains that people might be worth spending the extra $2,000 to get to the Ultra instead of the Mac, say in the, in the Mac studio? I'm not sure about percentages, um, but from, again, the testing that I was involved in was a little bit limited, but we we did see gains. Um, There were specific places where we saw anywhere between 1.8 to 2.8 times faster kind of speed and performance with certain things. The, The place where I personally saw some of the biggest gains was with the, uh, the rendering and uh, not the real-time rendering that's GPU dependent, but the general RenderWorks rendering that mm-hmm. utilizes the CineRender engine. And um, that is a, a, a core, um, a multi-core processing uh, part of the software. And that's really where we saw the biggest gains. Some of the final quality renderings that we did of the Villanova Icon um, on an Intel machine, they <laughs> the, the same rendering would take uh, about two hours and 45 minutes on the regular M1. They were about 45 minutes uh, on the M1 Ultra. They were taking anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes. So um, you, you do see a, a lot of speed gains in that particular area for sure. Now, one of the differences between like the M1 and the M1 Max or Ultra is this unified memory that is shared between the CPU and the GPU. Um, were those gains, did you see that, like if you went from 32 to 64 as well, or or did that have much of an effect on the performance of VectorWorks? Yes and no. So uh, it, we're really hard pressed to find uh, too many to, to find a lot of operations within Vectorworks that are really pulling on so much um, core memory. Okay. And uh, 
if you're looking at like an M1 Max, the difference between the 32 and the 64 is not really all that much. Okay. Um, but when you're talking about, again, very, uh, very heavy types of operations like these full scale um, final quality renderings, uh, moving from a 32 gig to 128 gig on like the M1 Ultra, you can definitely see the, the speed increases. Great. That, that's important because I think people really are wondering, you know, how um, we see a lot of testing done in when people review some of the uh, Mac studios with video uh, editing software. And we don't see a lot of reviews like doing rendering on something like Vectorworks. So I appreciate the kind of input because I think listeners are going to be listening to this thinking, should I get that 32? Should I get the 64? Uh, so I appreciate yeah. that, uh, you know, at least from what you've seen in your in limited testing so far, uh, as these are just now getting out into the real world. So we'll start mm-hmm. to see more as uh, here in the near future. You mentioned earlier, just the the speed of the the UI and palettes opening and, and things like that. What sort of, uh, since by moving to metal uh, has a lot of those sort of bottlenecks when dealing with opening tool sets or uh, settings for doors and windows, has that really been uh, helped by going to Apple Silicon and using metal from the performance that users have typically seen in the past with Intel machines? Yes, yeah, for sure. That's um, one of the things that I think is not overlooked, but isn't really spoken about too often is actually the uh, adoption of metal as well in conjunction with utilizing and being native with Apple Silicon is that uh, it really has a lot of gains throughout and not just with the uh, the unified memory and the use of the GPU and CPU, but it also is about um, what we have natively called the Vectorworks uh, graphics module, um, which is very GPU dependent, uh, but is also a, an aspect of kind of the 2D environment that uh, makes a big difference as well. So it's it's a, a number of things that actually, when you tie them all together, is uh, again kind of creating this holistic experience. So um, UI responsiveness, um, 2D navigation, like panning and zooming and things like that. Then, and of course, all of the 3D navigation. Um, processing things like renderings, um, viewports for drawings, and then publishing. So these are all kind of everyday tasks and just general use of the application where you're really seeing performance gains. Well, it sounds like users are really would benefit then by moving to Apple Silicon and using the latest version of Vectorworks, even in the basic 2D, because I know a lot of users out there are not always doing these uh, multi-story large buildings, they're doing one and two-story projects, they're doing ADUs. And a lot of that is utilizing the 2D aspects of of their software. And uh, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like there's a huge improvement based on Metal and Apple Silicon to those processes as well. Yeah, for sure. I I think that it's even for people who may choose to only do 2D, uh, you know, Vectorworks is a hybrid environment. And at any point in time, if they choose to move to 3D or if they want to start utilizing any of the 3D tools, they'll be in a better place and uh, be better suited uh, to to actually start to adopt those tools. 
Um, and, and I think that um, one of the, the big things, too, was that just the general use of GPU, because, as you know, with the, the older versions, with the Intel chips, there's um, some limitations to what you can do and what type of uh, graphics card you can have in those machines. Right. And um, that th- those limitations are also addressed with the Apple Silicon. So um, just having more power in your in the GPU that you have with the M1s, uh, the family of the M1s in general, any of them is going to be beneficial regardless of what you're doing with Vectorworks. And you mentioned during the M1 Ultra uh, video that you push the bounds of their creativity. And I see Vectorworks has a new tagline, Design Without Limits. Can you expand a little bit about what unlimited design in terms of Vectorworks means? Oh, okay, sure. So <laughs> we actually call it our mantra and not our tagline. And, okay. and I say that because it may sound a little cheesy, but it is something that we actually take to heart. And we try to, um, we, we really try to reinforce this in everything we do, both internally and externally, in that uh, what we're trying to do is simply provide a tool to designers that doesn't get in your way. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and this actually goes a lot back to why I even joined Vectorworks. And it's it's really about giving a designer the opportunity to be who they are and to and to think the way they want to think, to uh, approach a problem the way that they want to approach the problem. So there's no um, set process. There's no specific workflow per se in Vectorworks. It's a very flexible tool. And that in of itself is uh, lifting limitations in terms of how you're going about to to start solving your various design problems. Um, But one of the things that I think is really important with uh, bringing it back to the the M1 Ultra and um, and and uh, letting people design unrestrictedly, I think that uh, hardware historically has been one of those limitations because there's a lot of software out there that really can allow you to do a lot of different things, but you're limited by what your hardware is supporting, right? And um, that's one of the things that I think Apple's really taken to heart and what they've really created with this new silicon and the system on the chip is that um, it's, it's removing a lot of that hurdle of what the hardware can actually process and handle. And for Vectorworks, that simply means that we're able to provide our customers with a lot more since that obstacle, which really is out of our hands to some extent, has been removed. And we're able to start building a solution and building a tool that on, on this, very, um, this very responsive and capable hardware uh, with in such a way that our customers are able to now take advantage of all the different things that we're really providing them. So I don't know if that really answered your question, Neil. No, it did. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It did. Well, I, I'm very excited by the fact that uh, architects in general that are using uh, Apple products and will uh, be able to use the M1 Ultra and these and the new Mac Studio, and they're going to be able to enjoy all the benefits that you've been describing here. I'm curious at Vectorworks itself. I imagine the software engineers are quite excited about having this opportunity for this new hardware that won't limit even their creative uh, abilities. What's 
the development tone at Vectorworks with this new hardware in front of them that won't even, we talk about architecture or architects not being limited in their design. What does this do from a development aspect at Vectorworks? How does this unleash uh, things that you can now do with the, you know, with the software now or potentially in the future? And what's that like for you, for you guys there at Vectorworks? Yeah, so you mentioned that you had talked to Steve Johnson, our CTO earlier, and um, he was really, he, he, this was a project for him to bring Vectorworks onto Apple Silicon and to run natively on it. It was, uh, uh, it was an effort that he led with his team. And it was something that they had started a few years back. And um, rightly so, they were, they were prepared um, once this hardware was available for our customers. And I think that the success of it has really made people very, very excited about um, what they achieved and what they can do uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. I know that um, the, the multi-threading, the CPU multi-threading in general is something that they're really looking forward to uh, being able to incorporate into different processes in Vectorworks. So it, it generally, I think everybody is just really excited. They're pumped up. They're stoked. <laughs> they're, they're really looking forward to what they can do um, with, with what we've actually accomplished. So just kind of building on our successes and being able to move forward from there. I think that another really important thing for us is that uh, we're a cross-platform application. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, it's been a little bit difficult to uh, to develop for both platforms in conjunction, simply because with Windows machines, you were able to uh, mix and match and upgrade your GPU as you needed and so on and so forth. And uh, some of the limitations with the Mac hardware to some extent held us back. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, the, and that's the main reason why it was such a priority for us to to run um, on Apple Silicon and to be native on Apple Silicon. And and uh, again, really what this is doing, it's just kind of bringing uh, the Mac platform back to the forefront for our industries. And it's uh, it's exciting times. Yeah, I hopefully uh, we'll start to see more architecture firms considering the Mac again, that they have exciting software like Vectorworks to utilize, and they don't have those bottlenecks that you were just mentioning. I, I think so. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, uh, I think Apple is itself really interested in um, in having these conversations with architects again. Yeah, that's it. It's definitely a very exciting time for Mac users. And I do appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your enthusiasm for what Apple Silicon and Vectorworks will offer to architects and others in the AEC industry. I want to thank you again, Ruby, for joining me on the show. And can you let listeners know if they're interested in learning more about you and what you've done and your journey in the architecture profession has been, how they can uh, reach out and contact you? Yeah, absolutely. I can be reached at on LinkedIn. I can be reached on Twitter. Um, you can just email me at rsadiki at vectorworks.net if you like. Well, fantastic. Well, uh, Ruby, thank you again for joining me. I really do appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you, Neil, for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks again uh, to everyone for listening to this special episode of Inside the Apple Studio. 
Be sure to follow the show in your favorite podcast player by searching for Inside the Apple Studio and tap the follow button. If you like this special episode, let me know. And if you're enjoying Inside the Apple Studio, be sure to leave a five-star rating and comment in Apple Podcasts. Inside the Apple Studio is a production of Apple for Architects at appleforarchitects.com. The entire presentation was all women. It's, of course, International Women's Month this month. What was that like to be featured a, a prominent woman in, in a position that you're in, uh, in, the, in the AEC industry? I mean, how did that feel for you being a woman and being featured with all the other women developers? It was, uh, it, it was very meaningful. It was, um, it was, uh, it was very surreal. You know, honestly, Neil, sometimes I don't realize or think of myself as anybody who can, who can be viewed as like a role model or set an example, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was quite a, a good experience because I had a lot of people reach out to me and, tell me how proud they were of me and how much they look up to me. And I, I mentor with NOMA national organization, minority architects. And I had so many young girls reach out to me and I, I was really, really taken aback because I just don't view myself that way. Um, So it, it, it meant a lot to me. It was really nice. And I actually connected with one of the other designers who was highlighted um, that uh, CLO app. Mm-hmm. If you remember from the video, so I connected with Joy, and she's she's a blast. Uh, so I made a friend through the process too. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, you very much are a role model, and uh, <laughs> I, you know, as a parent of a young daughter, you know, it's very important to me to see women in the roles that you are in and doing what you're doing. So it means a lot to me that Apple you know, does this and, and hopefully they're not just paying lip service to it. I think they really do mean it. And uh, to feature somebody like yourself, a woman and also a minority architect as well, I think is fantastic. And I, I, you definitely are a role model (laughs) and embrace that please. Um, Because it's, it's really important to young women and young girls uh, everywhere. So I think it's really important. I I appreciate you taking on that role. Thanks.